Hey, hey, this is episode 14 of Be Electric with me, Jodie Shield. Every single week, I bring you a guest expert in human performance or a relatable and powerful key theme or message that'll give you the boost that you need and help you become the best version of you. In today's episode, I am chatting with someone I consider to be a kindred spirit on so many levels. She's a soul sister too. And the lady I'm chatting with today is Emma Cannon. Emma's a fertility and women's health expert. She is a registered acupuncturist and founder of the Emma Cannon Clinic and is also a mentor and speaker. She's been practicing for over 20 years in a clinical setting and she's helped so many people achieve their dream of having a family. She's authored five books, including the best-selling book, The Baby Making Bible. So we've moved away from biohacks and we've gone down the acupuncture route. And we're talking today about how to create a fertile existence. And that it isn't only about being fertile and making a baby, it's about being fertile and making a business and making finances and everything else that comes from within us, which of course is everything because we create our world from our thoughts, feelings and emotions and energy. And you guys know that by now. In today's episode, we talked about how on the other side of your biggest fear is your biggest gift. Don't we all know that by now? Emma's going to share how she overcame her fear of needles and embraced acupuncture as a career. We're talking about how being one foot in, one foot out does not give you success. You have to be all in and you have to say yes. And that applies to baby making and it applies to your career, your relationship, your business, everything in your life. Emma talked about how she stays relevant to her ever-changing younger audience, which is a key learning no matter who you are. And we covered so much more in this episode. So I know that you're going to love the next half an hour or so. You're going to love Emma's energy. And if you do, please subscribe, rate and comment in the relevant section of your podcast app. And also head over to jodyshield.co.uk and check out the show notes. So listen in get inspired and be electric. I was thinking back the other day about when I, I mean, I started my business six and a half years ago now, and it was in East London where I was doing a lot of activity and workshops and and back then, people didn't even know what meditation was, and mm-hmm. that isn't ha- half as far back as mm. when you started. Mm. So I can only imagine what it was like when you yeah. started off. Well, we didn't have Instagram, and I didn't have a website. So it was uh, people say, say to me, "How did you get patients?" I was like, "It's a really good, was a really good question." I think it was really word of mouth in those days, and referrals from doctors. And I just kept communicating with doctors and even if they didn't, weren't really interested in what I wanted to say, I would still write to them and say, I'm working on this person's liver energy for the, these purposes and sort of gave them a little bit of Chinese medicine, but also sort of spoke in their language as well. So I just chipped away. <laughs> and here we are now. Yeah. Wow. It was interesting because on the way here, I was in the Uber and I was tuning in and I have to tell you that my whole womb space was like pulsating ah, okay. and it was warm. Suddenly wow. like this energy was taking over this 
Emma's got an amazing sunshine yellow gold rug in her treatment room and it was a bit like it was that feeling yeah and I was like wow what is what's happening and where am I going <laughs> so you're so much more than an acupuncturist you know you're so much more even though being an acupuncturist is an amazing amazing yeah, it is. thing to do but yeah. you're there's so much more can you tell us a little bit about um yeah how you I suppose how you work with people yeah so, um, like I say, it's been an evolution and, and to begin with I was much more medical and I spoke much more medical and I went to medical conferences. And, and, and what's happened over the years is it's evolved to meet what people are ready for. You know, people haven't been ready for this spirituality really until quite recently, as we said. But nowadays when I sit down and I think I do attract the sort of people who are on a journey to evolve to become parents, knowingly or unknowingly, you know, there, there's a real sense of so different from 20 years ago when people just were worried about what school they were going to send and what catchment area they were in and what colour they'd paint their nursery. And, you know, that, that those things are fun too. But that doesn't seem to be the, the reason why people are coming to me. So when I sit down with someone, there's always this joke that you might get a referral from a shaman or a surgeon and anyone in between, basically. Because my skill, I think, is kind of going in and seeing where there might be trauma in the body, emotional, where there might be self-limiting beliefs, where indeed there might be blog tubes and, and very practical things. So the conversation we'd have would be extremely varied. And I think that's, that's the difference when you come and see me is because I, I don't really have an acupuncture head on or I just look at the person who's in front of me and think how could I make, how could I help them be more fertile. Yeah. And that's fertile in a fertility way that is easy to understand, but it was you and I have been talking about how it's also fertile around life and yeah, everything exactly. else. Could you explain a bit about what that means? Yeah, I mean, the, the, what fertile actually means is rich in resources, fruitful, abundant, prolific. And I think that we live in a very barren society, so it's that kind of abundant thinking or lack thinking, really. And, you know, we're constantly fed fear. There's never going to be enough jobs. There's never going to be enough babies. If someone else is having a baby, that's one less baby for me. You know, it's amazing how these messages go, go in. Um, and I think that those neural pathways are, part, uh, are carved really deep. So one of the things that I would do is I would try and find out what, where I felt those self-limiting beliefs were or where the trauma was. And I would work through ways to, to work through those, those issues if they're there. Um, and they normally are because, we, you know, what's a very interesting question of what are the reasons you don't want a baby? Because, you know, I might get a punch. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes that's more interesting because on the outside you may be saying you want a baby. But I always say yes is a yes, a no is a no, and a maybe is a no. Mm. So sometimes there are layers of, of maybes. So. It's really interesting that we're having this chat at this time because so many of my close friends and family mem extended family members are struggling to conceive mm. at the moment and they get told that they have unexplainable fertility syndrome or whatever it's called. Unexplained infertility. That's it, yeah. yeah. And, and that's it and then they're kind of sent on their way to go do some research or to figure it out themselves and it it's an incredibly painful journey mm -hmm. yeah. if you're desperate to have a, a child. And, you know, in my mind, I know that what's actually going on behind the scenes is that you're 
body might be saying yes and your mind saying no, or the mind saying yes and the body saying no. Yeah. So it's really interesting what you're saying in relation to understanding where the no's coming from and how to go back to that place where the no began. Yes, exactly, exactly. And and sometimes I sometimes when I send um, when they, when women are having their embryo transfer, so they go through IVF and they have to have the embryo put back in. And sometimes I have them just lying there, and I say, when you're lying there, I want you to just be muttering yes under your breath like that. <laughs> so the nurse is always like, oh, she must be one of those Emma Cannon girls because she's lying there muttering yes. But I think it's really powerful. Like when you say yes it has so much more expansiveness. I mean, I, I don't have to tell you, you're the queen of yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but mm. it's so important. Mm. You know, I know people that say yes, but it sounds like no, because mm. there's so much behind, you know, there's so much behind that, mm. that fib of a yes. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And giving every part of you, every cell, the best possible chance to accept and receive. Yeah, I and mean, then that word receive is just so vital because I think something that modern women can struggle with because we've turned into that kind of doing function. And actually, particularly, I don't, particularly in terms of fertility, it's all about receiving. So you receive the man inside you the the egg receives the sperm inside it it turns into an embryo and the body must receive the implanting embryo so it really is a very surrendered uh process mm. in a way yeah yeah which may be a challenge for some women yeah <laughs> i know i know about all of she that she shows Emma <laughs> a tattoo on her arm surrender um it's really important i think surrender is really really important um, and, and it's the opposite from what, you know, it feels like weakness, doesn't it? It's, mm. But it's like one of those things like vulnerability. It's, it feels like weakness. It isn't. <laughs> Surrender's the same, for sure, you know. For sure. I think what's coming up as you're talking is this um, topic or issue or even crisis, you could call it that, that's going on in our society at the moment where there are, there are too many choices, like women younger than me, let's say, and we have a lot of uh, friends who are very busy, they're maybe influencers or whatever, and there's so much going on. How do you like tune into the part of you that really wants to have a baby and listen to that part when you've got so many other things yeah, coming I'm, up? I mean, for real, and the, these issues are for real. And, mm. and I, I guess at some point it's like everything that we do. I mean, we're, you know, most people I see are very capable women. They're capable of manifesting lots of things in their life. But it, there's something about the, the baby-making process which is less to do with doing um, so it, it, it is, sometimes it is a real shift in the consciousness of that person and, and that's to become more fertile but also abundant, prolific, you know, it works both ways. Mm. So, you know, if you think you haven't got enough time for a baby, you know, you're creating this whole package around it which may or may not be true. Or if your belief is that it's going to, you know, disturb your career or, you know, again, you're attaching a whole load of beliefs. So I think if, it, if it's something that you want, it's, it's about making the space, making the emotional space, um, you know, really um, prioritising it, you know, making your mood board, see what you put in the middle. Sometimes you'd be surprised, you know, people who say they want a baby, they actually put the job in the middle or sure. do you know what I mean? So it's... So I think it, it's, first of all, I think absolutely if it's something that you really want, it's about making the space. 
and, and not sending conflicting messages. Yeah. Of course, that doesn't get away from the fact that you might end up having what I, you know, real, <laughs> it's all real, but, you know, um, diagnosable fertility problems like blocked tubes and things like that. But as you said, most people these days are suffering from unexplained. Mm. So there are no blocked tubes and things like that. So what is going on? Stress. Mm. Scientific. Scientists cannot prove that stress has any impact. Which I is think crazy. completely opposite. <laughs> but, you know, dream on yeah, is what I want to say exactly. there. Dream on. Um, I love your unapologetic nature. Like uh. you have, you're so, like you have, you're so powerful, right? Okay. You have this power that's just like. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? Fuck it. Like, fuck it, Will. Like, you know, come on, wake up. Everyone needs to wake up and understand what's going on. Yeah. And there comes a point in your career and my career where we have to shake people and slap them around the face a couple of times, you know, well, in know. the nicest possible way. It, well, the time for, uh, you know, gazing at our navels is over. It's over. And I think the same about all of this, you know, this, you know, all the courses we do to make ourselves better, all the medicines we take to make ourselves better, unless you're really using it, mm. You know, and yes, you can have tiny evolutions within yourself, and of course that's important, and that has wide-reaching effects. But I think the time now is for doing and not... Yeah, I know. agree. I totally agree. So take us back a little bit in time. Uh, how did you get into acupuncture, well-being, healing, spirituality? How did you get into all of that? And how did it become a career for you? Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, like most people, because it was a bit of a crisis. So my father had died when I was 16 and I'd never really, well, I didn't really know how to grieve him, I guess. Yeah. And there'd been some abuse as well. So there was a, a backdrop of trauma, of course, like everybody's life. And I came to London and I just, a few more layers of trauma on that mm. through my lifestyle yeah um and um and just um yeah and so that was very erratic those first few years in london was very erratic so then um i i think what happened was i i was getting this um cough and a cold every year mm. in the autumn and of course in chinese medicine that's the time of the year for the metal element which is to do with the lungs and i'd started reading around chinese medicine and i think God, it's funny that, that that's connected to grief and I get this cold every year. So um, I, I decided to try some acupuncture and the first time I had it, it's very rare, but I passed out cold. Right. Completely passed out cold. And wow. the acupuncture was like, I don't really think that this is for you. And I was like, on the contrary, anything that can make me leave my body like that and it's legal, <laughs> it's got to be a good thing. Um, and also I was very frightened of needles and it was, it was almost like I'd faced a real fear. And I think, and that, I just, I think in that moment, I just said, just bring this on because I'd been made redundant. I had some money. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was just like, I'm open, I'm here. And I'd never, ever connected with anything really that I really wanted to do. And it's just as if everything just lined up, fell into place, and I discovered it and it became my career. Not overnight, but that was the start of it. Right. Everything aligned, but it took me totally trusting and saying, I'm not going to go back into an office job. I'm going to do something that actually makes me happy, which was shocking for everybody because they thought, well, I thought I'd have to work as a waitress as well. Mm. And I was okay with that. Yeah. But I wanted to follow my heart. 
and um, and I'm in incompatible with anyone else in the workplace, so it's better that I work on my own. <laughs> in a way, I like to just, like, well, probably like you, I like to do my thing, and I don't like to be told what to do, so. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting that you say, you know, you had to fully um, let go of the idea that that you might go and look for a corporate job or a job somewhere, yeah. because I see so many people who are like, They've got these amazing ideas, and they're they're fifty. They're one foot in, one foot out, basically. And you can't have. They're a not full saying success. yes. Yes, they're, <laughs> they're saying a maybe, which yeah, is a no. They're saying a maybe. Yeah, mm. and it, it definitely was. When I think about that time, I just think, wow, God, I wish I could be that brave now, you know, because I was so. I just walked straight into it, and I, I did have this sense that that it was destiny, you know. It was the first. I read this book called The Web That Has No Weaver. And it was the first time that something, it talks about energy, and it was the first time that something had really made sense. Like, I really saw the world like that. I saw that when I had grief, it affected me physically. I knew that the impact on my father dying had had a huge impact on my whole being mm. and soul. Mm. And nothing else described that. Medicine didn't describe that. Mm. But Chinese medicine did, in a really forgiving way. So it's still my, my greatest love, Chinese medicine. It's amazing. I've created a free meditation download, which is all about resilience and immunity. You can head over to the website and download that. And you can also head to Instagram and you can hit the download button in my bio link. The meditation is going to help you support your mind and body and connect to your center and feel more resilient and become more grounded. If possible, could you explain a bit about acupuncture and how it works and what it does to the body? Yeah, so it's a $50 million question, and depending on, on whether you're Western or Chinese medicine, how you would answer that question. But the good news is, is I can answer it scientifically, and I can answer it from a Chinese medicine point of view, so whatever rocks your boat. <laughs> so um, from a Western medicine point of view, we can see that when, when the body is, let's say, injured, because it, that's what you're doing, you're applying a very controlled injury to the body, and what that does is it um, releases different hormones. So you get endorphins, serotonin, dopamine release. Um, and all of those actually tell the body that it's safe. So those switch the body from our fight or flight into our feed or breed. So that we know that the acupuncture does. We also know that it affects the part of the brain that um, controls our hormones. And we can see that when we scan the body when acupuncture needles are put on. What's less clear from research is whether acupuncture or sham acupuncture, whether there's any difference. But actually that's not unusual because that's the same with some medicated medicines as well. So that's, that, there's controversy around that. Does it matter where you stick the needles? Maybe doesn't. Right. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting discussion that, that goes on and on. Mm. 
Um, we also know that when you have acupuncture, it increases the blood flow. So there are, these are sort of various studies that have been done, and also that if you have it alongside IVF, it increases the chance of it, being, of it working. So that's yeah. kind of, from the fertility point of view, that's a kind of Western medicine description of how it works. From a Chinese medicine point of view, we believe there's lots of channels of energy that are running through the body, and disease happens when the energy within these channels um, becomes disrupted or lack of it or we have different categories so we can say you're the stagnation of blood or chi or there's too much heat in the body so we make these kind of weird and wacky uh, diagnoses and then we use the acupuncture to bring equilibrium back into the body so in short I think what the acupuncture is doing is helping the system work better right. now if this is normal functioning and you're here you're probably going to need more than acupuncture but if you're around here, then acupuncture is quite successful. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> or a combination of approaches, mm. which is kind of where I'm at. Uh -huh. You know, so you could have, you know, if you've got a blocked tube, it would take a hell of a long time to unblock it with acupuncture. Yeah. So why don't we do that surgically? But we'd use the acupuncture to improve functionality of the area after the surgery. That's integrated medicine. And that's kind of what being medicine woman is about. It's about not not saying no to any kind of medicine, but knowing what to use and when. Perfect. Yeah. Do you prescribe Chinese herbs as well? I work with a herbalist. Else? Right. Yeah. And I think because I spent so much time working with Western medics, I kept it quite clean in terms of the acupuncture because there was much more resistance towards herbs than there was towards acupuncture. So I always think I'm a frustrated herbalist. <laughs> <laughs> But being a herbalist is a, a very important, but also quite challenging career now. I remember meeting a herbalist about five years ago, and she said to me, wow, you know, they keep, the, the government keep introducing, or the, the medical body keep introducing these new qualifications, right. and I have to keep studying and studying, even yeah. though I've been doing this 25 years. And they keep taking half of the herbs off the shelf. Mm. So yes, and that's what I mean. It was easier for me while it was quite controversial to align myself more with medicine. And that's why we sort of, we're a fertility brand, really. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's just easier. And working with Western medicine practitioners, I found that it was easier to give them one message. You know, I was working in a multidiscipline practice and I thought, well, if I just go in and tell them I'm good at everything, they're never going to remember. Mm. So I would just say, send me your morning sicknesses and send me your <laughs> that can't conceive but aren't really infertile, kind of. And that's how it kind of grew up. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love hearing about careers and stories that just basically build one brick at a time. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it was totally like that. It's totally organic. And... All the way through when I had my children, it's just worked however I've needed it. And, and I'm also doing the books made it, has made it really interesting for me as well because I do get bored easily, but I'm actually very loyal. So I stick at what I do and I'm very focused, but I need things to make it more interesting. So it's been ideal because the books do that and then Instagram, that's opened up a whole new world of yeah. wonderful people yeah um, and and also if you think about my my patient group is I'm getting older but they're staying the same age <laughs> so they used to be the same age as me but of course I'm getting older and the people having babies are all the similar sort of age mm -hmm. so I constantly have to kind of be able to appeal to and you know reach out to the women that I want to, to treat and want to mm -hmm. see you do that really well yeah thank mm. you and I'm and and because of that I'm actually getting 
much more appropriate kind of referrals than when it was left more to random when a doctor would refer. Yeah. It's actually, that's what's so beautiful about it is it doesn't waste people's time. Yeah. They already know what they're getting. Yeah. They already know they're getting part witch. Part. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, yeah. um, we're on the subject of medicines. I have found that um, mainly thanks to this podcast, actually, I have been connecting with and interviewing a lot of really interesting people, talking mm. about all kinds of different plant medicines, psychedelics and different plants and CBD and yeah, a whole mix of alternative remedies. Mm. And it's really opening my eyes because I haven't been plugged in or tuned in to these kind of people who are doctors, a lot of them are doctors actually. Yes, and they're doctors, right. but they're prescribing um, plants on the side or as a, as a combination with um, traditional medicine. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's been it's been amazing. I just feel like something's really opening up in the consciousness of London, let's say, because a lot of these people have been in London to allow us to have these really powerful conversations about plant medicine and yeah. for me to also find out how close we are to legalizing a lot of it actually for medicinal yeah. purposes. I don't know if, I mean, yeah. you and I have talked about plant medicine quite a lot before and, and, and its uses. Yeah, and, and it definitely does have its uses. And I don't think there's any coincidence that it's coming much, it's coming through much more quickly at the moment because last year we had a huge shift in our consciousness. And I think that actually we, we need plant medicine to open our minds up more and to connect us back to the planet. Mm. Um, and, and if you have a respect for for plants and herbs and, and, and the way that our food gets on the table, then you can't fail to have respect for the planet. And and even if it's just happening for that reason at the moment, we it's needed. Mm. So so I think it's just it's it's always been around and, and I've and it's been in the background, but it's certainly at the moment really coming through. Mm. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I think our job as humans is to use it with respect and use it properly because of course our history is we always mess everything up yeah abuse things too <laughs> yes. much of a good thing yeah yeah so how so it, i think it's the intention behind and the setting in which you use it so the you know and and um and yeah the intention is everything i totally agree and i and i think that um i have been uh working with lots of different plants in a in a in a, in a microdosing capacity mm -hmm. and also drinking in ceremony and and I, you know, and I'm, I'm being taught so much, which yeah. is, it's really amazing to, uh, to, to work with nature in that way, for sure. For like, sure. Yeah. And, 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 and it fast tracks our knowledge as well. And um, I, I think one of the things we have to be careful with is it can speed up our karma a bit. So it can create overwhelm mm -hmm. in people. So I think that's the healthy respect as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But for all of these things, it yeah. should be healthy respect. Yeah, it's interesting because there's this part of us that, you know, especially in certain plant medicine circles that if we are, if we have trauma going on and we use addiction, for example, whether it's workaholism, whether it's sex, whether it's shopping, yeah. there's a, there's definitely, I've seen it happen so many times where the, the addiction patterns are transferred onto plant medicine exactly. and people are not giving themselves space to, to integrate afterwards. Yeah. Um, and they're just going on to the next thing and the next thing, and the next thing.
Yeah. Which is, it's, yeah, it's interesting. So I think we've got to be really conscious about the way that we're yeah. showing up and interacting. And I think that's the same for every decision we make now. I think we have to really check in with our intention and, and come at it from that, from the place of consciousness that we, th we, we say we're trying to, to reach, you know, because yes. <laughs> we're it's not, a good so word. often we're not, we're not <laughs> integrating it and practicing it. Mm, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, like you say, all about the intention. And exploring these new words that are popping up, like consciousness hacking, I've been exploring that recently, because there are many people that want to understand more about spirituality, but get turned off by the term. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, as a bridge, part mm. of my job is demystifying spirituality, demystifying Absolutely. the flow state, demystifying consciousness in yeah. a way where I'm not then using even more terminology to explain these terms. Exactly. So, yeah. It's so. tricky. It's, it's difficult because, you know, what's comfortable for you may be way out of someone's comfort zone. But I love the nuances of language. And, and I, I notice how I adapt it with my patients, depending on what I know that they're able to receive at that time. So, yeah, it's all about... It's all about who's sitting in front of you and what they need and what they're ready to receive, you know? We could have a five-hour conversation about everything, everything cosmic. Um, so listen, the, the Be Electric podcast series is all about inspiring people to, uh, to, to kind of to, to expand, basically. It's yeah. expansion. Expand out of their comfort zone, whether it's talking about fasting, biohacking, plant medicine, and, and everything in between. And... You know, I've definitely been on my own journey recently, at least since December last year, where I've, in, with, the, with the intention of inspiring people, I've done crazy things <laughs> to... You do inspire. To inspire people to really, you know, if not kind of do the crazy thing that I'm doing, do something that's, you know, towards the crazy thing. Um, and I suppose my question to you is, uh, you do a lot of crazy things as yeah. well. Um, how, how do you, on a, a regular basis, um, intend to push yourself out of your comfort zone and expand well this this really made me laugh this question because i every single day of my life i'm pushed out of my comfort zone yeah. and most of my life is spent trying to carve out a little bit where i actually am in comfort and in my <laughs> comfort zone rather than out of it and um, i think when you step up to <laughs> to I, I think when you step up and you get everything out of the attic you know and you start unpacking everything and you're in this process of healing I think every day is challenging in and of its you know totally totally you know, and and yeah my definitely my challenge is trying to give myself a bit of space but I am talking about challenging I am doing the gavel mate training yes, um yeah. which the the compassionate inquiry and that bring is brings up so much stuff mm. And you're out of your comfort zone a lot yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, For those of you that haven't heard of Gabor Mate, he's a Canadian, no, he's half Canadian, half French yeah. um, addiction specialist. So you can go and look him yeah. up. I'm sure he's written loads of books, yeah. but he's the leading authority on addiction. Yeah, and he wrote a book called um, uh, When the Body Says No. When the body says no. Yeah, yeah he's amazing. Um, it's something what, that I you were saying. I think you better check it was. That, the I'll title, check it. I think it we'll, is. We'll pop it in the show notes. Yeah. You were saying about, you know, every day is 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 out of the comfort zone. And I can, I can really relate to that. And I, I feel like it's like I was exploring this idea the other day. I was like, what would it feel like 
if I was to show up as my full expression every day, which you might say, that's not possible, but, I'm like, <laughs> but it's the intention, right? Yeah. So my intention might be to show up 100%, and I, I may only be able to do 87% that day. But my, my, my habit for this year is expansion. Yes. And uh, I... Yeah, it, it's really, it's interesting because it sent me on this really amazing journey of shining more mm -hmm. and more and more and more. And actually, I really don't care what people think anymore. Did you ever? Taken, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I did. I really did. did you? you know, I did. I, you know, I, I was always trying to fit into the cool gang in school. Okay. And just because I went through, you know, quite a, a lot of trauma in my childhood and I was just trying to find safety in yeah in inverted commas safety. And obviously the cool gang isn't safe necessarily, but that's what I was looking for. But it's like now, and it's taken me, you know, I went on my my journey eight years ago, so it's relatively recent, but eight years that's to a really whole life cycle. stand in my power and mm. say, ah, I'm ready and I'm the full expression and that's my intention anyway. And, you know, so yeah, it's interesting what you're saying about comfort zone because I can totally relate to that. Because I'm like, is is London okay? If we're all in our full expressions, is London another story that's popping up? But is London can London handle it? Can well, London handle it? Yeah, she can handle it. She she's handle she it. she's she's strong. She's a hard task mistress herself. <laughs> totally. She's she's tough. She's like she's like the queen. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. No, I mean it's so great. I mean, and that's why I love doing the work that I do, because I see women like come from, you know, this place of you know, the fear and lack often that they're, they're never, they're never going to be enough. You know, they're not going to be a good enough mother if, you know, they're not going to be able to fall pregnant. And to see them kind of go through this evolution um, and really open up and kind of just come back to themselves a bit um, and, and sort of come back to their intuition and come back to, to their heart, you know, because I think they're so driven by their heads often that they haven't actually brought the connection back into the body yeah. about you know what it is that they want and I always tell people to you know to think about the why you want a baby because yeah. when you come from the why it's it's from the heart for sure and of course this isn't to take away from blot tubes and all the other medical things that happen but, yeah yeah you know yeah there's a lot of other stuff that happens I, I can imagine yeah. <laughs> yeah I can imagine um well it's a miracle it births is a miracle isn't it totally it's a miracle is. we're here now yeah I mean, I, I do. I think it's completely awe-inspiring and endlessly, and endlessly, pa I'm passionate about it. Mm. Really. Have you been present for many births? A few. I used to do them a lot, um, and then um, it just becomes it's quite difficult. I mean, you know, you're on standby for something like four weeks. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, but I did a few in the early days, and I loved it. Mm. Yeah. But I, I am really, what I really love is sitting down with someone and finding the, the, the first steps through, you know, mm -hmm. and how I'm going to hold them and how, you know, what, what looks feasible to them and mm -hmm. what's the most important things to do when. You know, rather than just going to someone that gives everybody the same diet plan yeah. or, you know, yeah. it's like any old fool can do that. For sure, for sure. You know, it's really just about knowing what that person needs. Mm. So... I'm going to ask you something, and I know there's been so many probably examples of this, but maybe just if a couple pop up in your mind or in oh. your heart, um, what is the most surprising thing that you found out about the human body or the human mind, human soul, human heart? But what's what kind of pops up when I ask you that? Okay, so I don't know if it's most surprising, but for me, it's the most the most profound thing I've learned. 
um, that actually the weaker our body becomes, the stronger our spirit becomes. And I learned that through chemotherapy when I first had it because it takes you down. You know, it takes you right down physically. Your hair falls out, you know, it kind of goes to the essence. But what happens is this, this kind of what happened in me was this just huge sense of purpose and will and um, not only wanting to live but wanting to thrive you know and wanting to make a difference and and that I think I think in those moments when we're really taken down something kicks in mm. something which is our soul I guess mm. or not I mean maybe it doesn't always kick in but thankfully in the moments I've really needed it it's kicked in for me mm. Um, and we're more than just our we're more than just our bodies, mm. you know. Mm. So that I'm sure, and I, we need a medicine now that recognises that. Yeah. And that's the medicine that I try and provide. That it's not just about your tubes and your eggs, and you know, it's about being creating a palace for this really important <laughs> visitor to arrive, mm. and coming from a place of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that's that's my work now. Mm. Kind of. I mean, meditation's amazing for connecting in with the with the soul and the spirit and the life force. But you know, I often, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll do a live on Instagram and and, and I'll be talking about conscious business and yeah. spirituality, and I'll be like, well, all you need to do is check in and appreciate your spirit every morning. And people are like, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? And I'm like. Okay, well, I'll take you through a step-by-step -step process, but really, it's just the intention. I know, <laughs> I know and I've all, and it's funny because I, I go through exactly the same process. And having written books, I know now that you do have to write it all in, but that isn't my nature, and and maybe that's why this stuff comes more naturally to us because that it, there's something playful and magical and less rig rigid about our natures, and I and I honestly think there's. There's so much to be said about, you know, coming from your child, you know, and spending the day with your child or, you know, just deciding to be playful all day, you know. Yeah. It can be, it can be great medicine. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it's absolutely amazing because um, when I, you know, connected to my biggest traumatic memory, uh, you know, of child stuff that happened to me in childhood, to me, my... The, the wounded part of the inner child was the wisest part in me because mm -hmm. she had taught me um, how to scan people's systems very mm -hmm. fast and how to how to have very powerful reflexes yeah. you know and it's, it's very interesting so I always knew how to scan people and even at that age protect myself and I always felt when someone around and I'm not saying that the people around that I reacted to were you know bad people it's just that maybe they had something in their system yeah, yeah. that I didn't like and I was on the tube the other day after I've been through this big healing journey and uh, and someone it was very interesting someone was sat opposite me and they they stood up and they reached for me and my whole body just wow. went <gasps> like a um, tiger or a cat wow. you know and I, I'd never seen it so obviously and it was almost like my spirit was showing me see this is what we can do yeah. it's okay we can relax now because we've got these defense you know yeah. and it's not a defense where I shut down it's more like hey we can protect Intu ourselves intuition. Yeah. and you know this is this is so interesting in the in the fertility story as well because if this goes out of if this goes out of control this this protective yeah. yeah 
then I think this is, can be at the root of many, of a lot of um, unexplained infertility in, in the way that the body is in such a defensive mode mm. that it doesn't allow anything to, to take root in the yeah. body. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, is increasingly a problem in modern day. I think it's because we're more, we're under, we are under attack, mm. you know, mm. environmentally. Mm. We feel under attack. We're under a lot of stress. So that our fight or flight is almost on all the time. Mm. And it's a little bit like, you know, the likes of switch gets switched on but it never gets fully turned off so it's always there buzzing mm. and not very helpful for fertility yeah yeah so, yeah it's funny as you were talking i was like really thinking of like flotation tanks for some reason i was like do you go floating I, do you know what? You've inspired me to go back because I used to do it in the 90s. I used to go, wow. there was only of one woman did. in flipping, in, I think she was in Battersea. They didn't have any centres and I used to go to her house. Right. Um, and um, it was lovely. And then I don't know, I stopped going. I think maybe I stopped going when I was pregnant. Anyway, I did do it for a while. Mm. And it's all come full circle but I yeah. loved it yeah it's amazing. apart from if you've got a little scratch or anything it really stings <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting it in my eye for the first time very recently and I was like <gasps> and I was in it I go uh, floating for two and a half hours so I was like in a two and a half hour session and I think about half an hour in I got like this Epsom salt residue in my eyes and I was like squirting the water and it wasn't doing anything. And I was like, okay, just accept that the mind's active, accept that I've got salt in my eye. It's cleaning my eyeball, it's fine. But yeah, it's just that little irritation that can creep in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so. that's, yeah, and as you say, that's part of the challenge, isn't it? Totally. It does become that. Totally. But thank you, yes, because I'm going to go gonna and go going. back again. We'll go together, I'll yeah. take you. Um, okay, so I'm sure that you have many things that you do to fine-tune your vessel yeah um, and I'm sure at the moment there's many things uh, that are going on to, to really fine-tune your your vessel and um, keep you at your optimum but yeah. can you share a few things that you do or a few practices that you do yeah I mean gosh over the years I've probably done nearly everything, <laughs> nearly everything. Um, but I, I always go back to acupuncture um, I um, you do it on yourself. Um, I can do, but I have an acupuncturist, so I right. always go because for me that's keeping the system working. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So that's the fine tuning. It's like taking a car to an engineer for me. Yeah. So that I I do. I would do it regularly, but then if there was something acute going on, I would go weekly. Right. Um, I um, use homeopathy. I have a really great homeopath at the moment. Um, I have healing from a naturopath. I go in an oxygen tank mm. <laughs> and I... Tell, tell us about the oxygen, oxygen tank. Oxygen tank, yeah, hyperbaric treatment. So basically, you know, uh, it's what the Michael Jackson famously did, slept, right. in, slept in an oxygen tank. Right. Um, not that that's a great advert, but anyway. <laughs> um, so, um, so, yeah, we, um, you go inside this tank and you have a mask on and you breathe in oxygen. Right. Yeah. How long do you go in for? An hour. Whoa. Yeah, it's really good. How do you feel when you come out? Yeah, good. You mm. know, you definitely get a lift. It feels really good for your skin. And yeah, and I also don't, I mean, I think the air quality is terrible in London, isn't it? For sure, it? for sure. So I've been doing that for a while. And um, I'm doing the Compassionate Inquiry. Um, I'm on a training. So right. we do that back and we give that back and forth. And that's really great process. It's really good for kind of getting to trauma. Mm. But also um, helping the person to 
disassociate from, not disassociate, but untangle themselves from the story yeah. and really come into the feeling in the body. Yeah. So how do you, how do you teach people how to do that? Well, all by bringing them back to the feeling all the time. Right. So, so I would, you know, I would say, what would be your intention today? And you tell me what your intention and soon you'd go into the big story about it and everything. And yeah. I would say, so Jodie, if you wouldn't just mind bringing that back into the body, where are you feeling that? And you'd say, oh, I feel it in my chest. And I'd say, does it have a, an emotion attached to it? And then we have to kind of get the difference between an emotion and a perception. Mm. Um, and so you just kind of keep pulling these threads very gently. And, and sometimes you can say, well, did you have this before? And they might say, yes, I remember this when I was a child or whatever. Mm. So you're, you're kind of leading, but very gently, but mostly you're just giving them a lot of space. Yeah, wow. And it's amazing what kind of comes out when you give the space. Mm. Yeah. I remember when I was training with my first kind of spiritual teacher and um, he saw my potential straight away, way before I saw it. And he would say to me, so what do you feel, Jody? What do you feel? Like, and, he, and I was like, ah. and you go immediately into your head. I don't yeah. know, I don't know. He's telling me what to feel. I can't feel anything. Is everyone else feeling anything? How do you do that? It took me two years of him really going, just relax, like feel. And it was interesting because he was teaching me intuition, really. Yeah. I mean, it was there, always there, but he was teaching me how to reconnect yeah. with it. And suddenly I remember the day it just all clicked in. And I was like, oh, whoa, I can feel everything. And then, you know, it was just that amazing um, awakening, you yeah. know? And realisation of what he'd been trying to do totally. all this time in a really, totally. in, in the best way. I mean, that's the best kind of teaching, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's very dyslexic as well, so he doesn't have any big word. I'm not really someone that uses a lot of terminology, and I think maybe it's inspired by him, and he never used to use terminology. He would very gently invite us to go in, and because he, you know, he was a little bit dyslexic, or very dyslexic, there was a really amazing, like it would just disarm you straight away because you just yeah. felt like, you know, he was really saying exactly what he meant and everything was from, from the heart. Yeah, and so. that's, that's what can be really wrong with medicine as well because they use this terminology that automatically divides us. Yeah. And so it doesn't really encourage for that connection that's so important between the practitioner and the, and the patient, and the patient mm. which is kind of what it's set up. It's very patriarchal. For sure. You know, so I think medicine needs to evolve, you know. And I, well, yeah, and you're, you're at the pioneering yeah, front I've of been it. prodding them evolve. <laughs> for ages. <laughs> get um, my whip out soon. <laughs> <laughs> so apart from coming to see you, which everyone needs to come do, um, Emma is all of her website and everything will be in the show notes. Um, apart from coming to see her and buying her book, what's the book called? Um, my re most recent one is Fertile, but um, I've, since then I did an online program which is called 90 Days um, Fertile and I can give you a discount code for Yes. For that and I think that's my kind of most up-to-date fullest work because it sort of represents all the very layered way that I go about things so mm. I, at the moment that's the the kind of optimal piece of work that's that's amazing <laughs> and there's, there'll be a lot of listeners who have either been through my money program or are interested in oh. money and that so I'm sure this course will align perfectly because fertility flow yeah. wealth it's richness abundance abundance it's all it's the linked. same thing the same thing we speak the same language totally totally <laughs> um so before we go we're about to go before we go um just what is one thing that you'd like to leave our 
leave the listeners with? What's one thing? What's one piece of advice or wisdom? Or well, I had my th I had my three words, which were curiosity, compassion, and courage, mm. and um, that's kind of what I've been working with a lot recently. And I think, you know, having curiosity just keeps our heart wide open. Um, and then when we go into the into the you know the depth of the curiosity and get curious about how why we are the way we are, then just to bring compassion to that, and that of course all of that takes courage. Yes, so. and you are the epitome <laughs> of courage, my love. <laughs> well, um, yeah. is there anything else that you want to share with with our listeners? Anything else where, where you want to send, send people to go and, and hear more about you, find more about you, um, the website? I, yeah, I did a, a TEDx. It's a little, it's a few years old now, but it's, um, it's called It's About Time We Value Being Fertile. Um, and yeah, I think if you go to TEDx and Google my name, then that's there. Yeah, so. and please follow Emma everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so, so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Sending you so much love and positivity and strength to rise up, to pivot, to change career, whatever it is that you're spending your time on. Maybe it's slowing down and that's amazing too. Please, please share this with everyone so that everyone can feel inspired and really feel the warmth behind all of Emma's messages. And I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Be Electric. You can follow me at Jodie Shield on Instagram, Facebook, and of course, head over to the website jodyshield.co.uk. If this is the first time listening, then please do subscribe via your favorite podcast service. Big love, and I will see you next week.